We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Two pitch, ball line to Yount, it's short, he throws, it's over! The Brewers have won the American League pennant! Milwaukee, you have a World Series! Hit in the air, Yount makes a great catch, and Juan Diemus has thrown the first no-hitter in Milwaukee Brewer history! Swings, and here it is! A base hit in the right center! He's done it. 3,000 for Robin. And there's a drive in the left field. This is hit well. And it's gone. Robin. A two-run home run. The Brewers take the lead. Morgan, a smash up the middle. Base hit the center. You're cruising for a bruising with me, Andrew Snyder. And me, Adam McGee. As we talk all things Milwaukee Brewers for the Eurostep Podcast Network and Blue Wire Podcast, it's a, a really funny point in the calendar uh, because for some reason in the middle of the beginning of the MLB regular season, there's just a weekend where no Milwaukee sports teams played any games and there are no sport, sports to talk about. So what me and Adam are going to do here is build our favorite fictional baseball player starting nine position by position uh, and uh, full rotation and bullpen as well. Um, I'm just joking. Uh, the Milwaukee Brewers lost two out of three to the Boston Red Sox with the last game in particularly brutal fashion, but we are here to talk about it all. First off, Adam, welcome to the zoom screen. How are you doing? I have been better, Andrew. Um, I was doing pretty well through seven innings today. I was like, eh, you know what? Yeah, I'm in, I'm in a bad spot with the books. Um, some people may have that podcast. Things are things are a little scary there in a way that they weren't supposed to be. And it's been well. Look, at least the Brewers. The Brewers have got our back, and that is true for the vast majority of players on the roster. Um, but we'll we'll get to that. We're recording very soon after. 
what was a series clinching win for the Boston Red Sox. And my God, was it a painful one to watch as a Brewers fan. Overall, a 2-1 series loss to the Red Sox is not the end of the world when you start the season as well as the Brewers have. But this was a real gut punch. And I hope one that they can get out of their system very, very quickly because things have been going really, really well. Basically right up until this moment. Uh yeah, this is was a real process over results uh type of gut punch because like you said, uh you lose two out of three to the Red Sox after a seven and three road trip where you probably outperformed and, and won more games than you should have. You're like, okay, you can slip up and lose a series. That's fine. It is what it is. But when you have to watch it and it's as painful as it was as it unfolded, that's that's where it kind of just uh leaves a sour taste in your mouth. Uh indicative of things to come, I don't quite think so on the larger picture, but it does bring up questions that maybe need answering. Um on certain spots of the roster. Um, and we'll get to that a little bit later. Uh, we'll start off again, Adam, by playing our favorite game, which is news and notes and no fun injury news. Obviously the last time we spoke, um, we spoke about Garrett Mitchell and the subluxation of his shoulder. Uh, there's been more news on that. The MRI revealed according to Adam McCalvey, that there's significant damage to his labrum. He's going to get a second opinion. But it sounds like surgery is likely, and that would threaten the rest of his season. That would obviously be a big loss for the Brewers because we talked about uh, the impact that Mitchell had been making on this team uh, in a positive way with the bat and uh, with the glove out in center field. Um, so that's a big loss to this lineup, especially if it's going to be for the entire season. Um, we've seen uh, Joey Weimer get some time in, in center field without uh, Mitchell in the lineup. We've seen... Uh, Blake Perkins uh, make his his uh, full Brewers debut in in right field. Um, but yeah, it sounds like they're going to be without Mitchell for the rest of the season. We will, uh, you know, wait for the second opinion. We are not doctors and we have not seen uh, Garrett Mitchell's shoulder MRI, but uh, kind of sour news. Yeah, majorly, majorly. So, um our last time out, I think we were expecting a pretty significant layoff, but if a season is over, that's a really tough one. I mean, it's no secret if you've been listening, you've had the misfortune of hearing every episode of what have otherwise been very high-spirited podcasts so far this season. Pretty much just, you know, you could set your watch to it that we have to begin with. Injury news. I've run through what has not been an insignificant list of injuries for the Brewers. Uh, this is probably the most significant so far. Um, others, their significance in terms of the player's profile, probably outrank it. Um, but this is the first one that it feels like, oh, well, this could this could be the season done. And as I touched on the last episode, given how well Gar Mitchell had been playing, how well he'd been kind of fitting in to the new look element of the Brewers outfield, as in the outfield minus Christian Yelich. Um, this is a this is a real blow. And his offense has been really good. We've already seen him deliver a couple of special moments. It's a real, real loss. And it's i think we'd almost kind of got to a place where 
we weren't have to we weren't having to worry about the outfield day to day in a way that I think coming into the season that was one of the areas where we were really talking about the depth a lot. And Weimer coming up and looking at home, we know there have been ups and downs strictly with the bat, but his defense has been fantastic. And we'll get on to some more great Joey Weimer defense in this episode. Um, has kind of left us in a place where we were like, you know what? Things are going good. Mitchell's looking great. Weimer's starting to settle in. It'll all be okay. Mitchell going down kind of upends that immediately. And. Uh, interesting first looks at Blake Perkins. I don't know what of that to judge, like of him versus what the Brewers think of him as well. I don't know. I can't quite get a read on that one. My expectation now is that I think the pretty unglamorous reality, um, and one that I think is going to give the Brewers a slightly lower ceiling this season is we're going to see Tyrone Taylor back pretty soon. He's trending in the right direction, and we're going to see a whole lot more of Tyrone Taylor again. Which, look, we know what he can do when he's on. He's certainly capable. But I think what we have seen from the rookies is an element of something that Tyrone Taylor was not bringing to the Brewers. And that kind of freshness that was adding something that was kind of propelling them to such a strong start. That is now gone, and we're going to have something that's a lot more like the old familiar that wasn't really delivering for the team last year. Yeah, another name, obviously, to keep an eye on over the next few months is Sal Freelich. His thumb injury seems to be something that's avoided serious in- injury based on comments Craig Council's made. We'll see about that, but yeah, Freelich, Blake Perkins, Tyrone Taylor... Uh, Joey Weimer and then Brian Anderson and Owen Miller being able to play some outfield as well uh, will figure into those options as they decide what the shape of their roster looks like as the season rolls on. And the unfortunate reality is, is there could be additional injuries because baseball has been very cruel to the Brewers to start the season on that front, even though they've been piling up wins and series wins. Uh, a little bit of positive news, Adam, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll lift spirits. Obviously, without Brandon Woodruff in the rotation and uh, without guys like Gus Farland in the bullpen, there are spots where additional pitching depth is needed. Colin Ray's provided um, some nice starts. Uh, Elvis Paguero made his Brewers debut today and looked really good. Uh, but Adrian Hauser seems to be trending in the right direction, made another appearance um, for the Nashville Sounds today. Four and two-thirds innings pitch, six hits, no runs, no walks, two strikeouts. Um, so it sounds like Hauser could be someone that will factor into the mix, whether in the bullpen, uh, in place of, you know, maybe someone who knows, well, uh, or in the rotation, if Ray, um, starts to falter here soon. And it seems like they're starting to tailor more towards the starting rotation. It does. Which, yeah. Which was not necessarily the plan originally. I understand very much why they will have pivoted to that. And I'm sure there is a feeling as much as Colin Ray has given them some good starts so far and kind of you can't ask much more than that there will be a feeling internally of we can't ask much more than that and if we push that to its limits we can't be surprised if it doesn't ultimately work out so someone who is much more tried and tested has a lot more major experience under their belt i can see that being the preference i can see that being the way they go but talking about hauser specifically by the end of last year i think we had really reached a point where we're like the best thing for him could be to become a really high quality 
multi-inning reliever and everything seemed set up for that and honestly everything still seems set up for that in some ways because the brewers could really do with that i think it would make a colossal difference maybe circumstances are going to rob us of that and I, I guess it's part of when we get to talk some more about the bullpen earlier like in whatever configurations this bullpen could have had some aaron ashby in there could have had some adrian hauser in there and everyone's role may end up being quite different where that's not the reality we're living in uh and what exactly his role ends up being for the long term uh and the short term or more specifically the long term with this news, but Sophia Minnert also on the broadcast today mentioned that Brandon Woodruff is going to have an MRI later on this homestand, so perhaps that will provide a little bit more clarity on what his timeline looks like. I hope it's good news, Andrew. Uh, well, most I of the news has good not news. been good news to this point, Adam, but uh, nevertheless, we press on and we, we await the news, and uh, the timing should line up you know, you would assume just based on how the universe has has treated things should line up perfectly to lead off our next podcast with the MR, MRI news about Brandon Woodruff. Uh, I think that's all I've got for news and notes. Um, I, I'll, I'll throw one last positive, but we won't talk about this in specifics. You can go read Adam McAlvey's article on uh, the Brewers website. Tyler Black, healthy and uh, drawing walks and getting on base uh, in, in Biloxi. So that, that's nice to see. Uh, shall we move on to the series, Adam? Let's do it. Uh, this series had a little bit of everything. Um, Friday night, uh, Nick Pavetta on the mound against Freddie Peralta. Uh, Brewers Red Sox at American Family Field after that uh, long road trip. Brewers back home. And uh, the Red Sox start the scoring in the third inning on an Alex Verdugo homer to right field. Uh, Jaron Duran uh, had been on base before that. That makes it two to nothing Red Sox in the third inning, but the Brewers would answer back pretty quickly. Um, in the third inning, uh, Christian Yelich singles with Owen Miller having just stolen second after a single of his own to make it two to one Red Sox. That brings us uh, to the bottom of the fourth inning uh, after Willie Adamas flyout Rowdy Telez ties the game up at two uh, with a solo home run. To right field. This was, I think, uh, one of the two irons you like to talk about, Adam. He would hit another homer in the series that was a towering shot over to the Toyota territory. But this was that uh, low line drive going into the series, and I think exiting the series, um, even with the at bat Sunday. Uh, Rowdy Telez with the highest uh, OPS against the Red Sox. Uh, I can't remember what the at bat qualifier was, but it seems like the big guy just loves torment in Boston. The uh, back qualifier was not low. Like that—that that is the one thing I will say for that. Yeah, he is a legendary tormentor of the Red Sox, um, in the company of, but out in front of, Babe Ruth. Was it Lou Gehrig? Was Lou Gehrig the other name? Uh, Gehrig was mentioned. Yes, he was. So yeah, Rowdy keeping the kind of company that you know is truly where he belongs. I think everyone will agree. And it's a it's an it's an incredible thing. I love it very much. I love him being asked about it and just like shrugging and being like, yeah, whatever. Like it's I I don't even the way his whole vibe is, I don't think he cares any more or less about the Boston Red Sox. It's the kind of thing where you would love a guy to be doing that and to be able to come out and just be like, Yeah, I just hate the Red Sox. I hate them with a passion. Every time I see those jerseys, this is what comes out of me. But Reddy just couldn't care. 
The Red Sox have no answers for it. From a Brewers' perspective, it's a lot of fun. I mean, the only regret is that we couldn't get even more out of Rowdy this series, but I think that's being greedy. I just keep thinking, like, how much of an honor it must be for, like, Lou Gehrig's family and Babe Ruth's family to see, uh, you know, their ancestor uh, with their names alongside Rowdy Telez's. I think that's a real honor for Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig. It's just kind of how I feel about the whole thing. Uh, later in that fourth inning, after a William Contreras double um, and a Brian Anderson ground out, Bryce Terang singles with two outs to make it three to two Brewers. That brings us to the pivotal sixth inning that would change this baseball game. Freddie Peralta still on the mound uh, would induce a Justin Turner fly out on the infield. Uh, Masataka Yoshida strikes out. Then a two-out walk to Kike Hernandez and a two-out walk to Tristan Casas. Um, put things into a little bit of a disarray. Uh, the next batter would be Rob Snyder. Hobie Milner would then come on to relieve Freddie Peralta. Snyder singles to right to score Kike Hernandez. That sends Christian Casas to third. Uh, a scalded infield single to third base scores Tristan Casas and sends Snyder to second. Then Hobie Milner uh, gets Yu Chang to fly off the center field. Uh, the Duran ball was hit very hard. Owen Miller, it was in and out of his glove. Very well could have been out of that inning with the score still tied, but that's when you chalk it up to that's baseball. Uh, great hit ball by Jaron Duran, a nice piece of hitting, but that sixth inning is ultimately what th- would take this game out of the Brewers' reach as the offense was was done scoring after the Bryce Terang single. Freddie Peralta goes five and two-thirds, five hits. Uh, four runs, they were all earned. Two walks, four strikeouts. Uh, not his best day on his on the mound. Um, and the two the two two out walks were really what changed his fate. If he gets out of that sixth inning, who knows what happens the rest of this game? Uh, Milner goes a full inning, uh, two hits. Uh, the two inherited runners score. Obviously, those runs uh, credited to Peralta as he put them on with the uh, two out walks. Uh, Bryce Wilson would then come in to relieve Hobie Milner. Uh, he would allow um, Amasataka Yoshida double to center field to score Justin Turner after a walk to Turner. Um, from then on, Bryce would uh, bounce back to finish out his game with a, a couple of scoreless uh, innings, but at the end of the day, the 5-3 lead was too much for the Brewers to overcome, and uh, Nick Pavetta gives way to Josh Winkowski, who looked great in two and a third scoreless innings, allowed just one hit in the walk with four strikeouts, and then Kenley Jansen, who looks he looks like uh, so far to start the season, like he did during his prime as the closer for the Los Angeles Dodgers. Looked great. One inning pitch, no hits, no runs, a pair of strikeouts. The Brewers done in uh, five to three on an opening Friday night game. And uh, yeah, that's, that's all I have to say about that. Not a whole lot more to say about it, really, is there? Um yeah, yeah, I mean, we're we're so used to Brewers winning a whole ton of games that this is the kind of game that just comes along and I think you you accept it. And it's like, look, that's what happens. They're in the game, they had a chance, they couldn't quite get it done. As for Freddie, this is the second start in a row where troubles in getting that final out really, really came back to bite him. So I guess that's something for us to just keep watching because he started the season really well. Um, looked great. Looks healthy. Uh, I will still salute him. He is battling his way through every start, whether he has his best stuff or not. He is always giving absolutely everything. And he is helping the Brewers out quite a lot. 
in at least getting deep into games and not forcing them to turn to the bullpen, even in moments where you're like, uh-oh, Freddie hasn't got this kind of from the jump. This could go really wrong. He's just fighting through. He's finding ways to really compete. But yeah, two straight starts where just not being able to come up with a final out have really come back to bite him and the Brewers and led to losses. Yeah, he was uh, two two-out walks away from, not that this matters in any way to anyone, from uh, getting another beer on his scorecard. But uh, that, uh, like you said, just getting that last out in the sixth inning um, would prove to be their undoing. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Moving on to Saturday night, a happier game. Wade Miley on the mound against Garrett Whitlock. Uh, the Brewers score first in the second inning. A Brian Anderson ground rule double scores William Contreras in the third there goes that man again, Rowdy Telez, with Christian Yelich on base, hits a two-run homer into the Toyota territory over in right field. Didn't hit the car, but, you know, I wouldn't put it past him at some point this season. It's just a moon ball. Yeah. Just absolutely incredible. And Yes, incredible it was. The, the Just the variety of the types of home runs that Rowdy Telez can hit is are really just uh, an aesthetic feature of his game that I think... Uh, we choose to appreciate on this podcast because, uh, you know, we have to talk about every series. But uh, I, I just want to He's a shot shaper. He's an artist, Andrew. 
I just I'm, want to continue to be appreciative and make sure we never lose sight of how lucky we are to watch those home runs. I feel like I've got a, a comp, uh, a golf comp, seeing as Rowdy loves his two iron homers, for Rowdy and for the way that he just, he crafts these, crafts these different types of hits, these different types of home runs. It's very John Ram-esque. That's, that's where I'm going with Rowdy. I like that a lot. I like that comparison. Uh, I'm a fan of that. Um, Wade Miley, for the most part, really solid outing. Like the the classic when you know he he sprinkles in his occasional absolutely dominant performance. But this is just like the when the Brewers sign Wade Miley, the stamp it in the scorecard, and we'll take it every time. Wade Miley performance. Um, five innings pitched, four hits, two runs. They were both earned a walk and three strikeouts. Uh, th- th- he's got a one point nine six ERA on the season so far. So he has been. You know, better than we could have hoped for. Those runs came on a fifth inning Yu Chang home run that cut the Brewers' lead down to three to two. In the fifth inning, the Brewers would answer pretty quickly. Um, Christian Yelich doubled to score Blake Perkins, who had reached on his uh, first hit, uh, which is a ground ball single through the right side that made it four two Brewers. Rowdy Tellez then adds another run with uh, a grounding into a double play um, that would score Christian Yelich five two Brewers at that point. Yoel Piamps uh, comes in to relieve Wade Miley and has a tough day uh, against Rafael Devers allows a home run that scores Justin Turner as well. Makes it five, four Brewers at that point. Peter Streslecki relieves Yoel Piamps with one and two thirds um, innings pitched one hit, no walks, no runs allowed. Hobie Milner uh, relieves him with a runner on and records a pair of strikeouts to get out of the jam. And then Devin Williams closes things down in the ninth inning to record the save. Just one hit, one strikeout, no walks, no runs. Brewers win this one 5-4. Um, did just enough to win. Um, and, uh, yeah, Rowdy Telez just hitting homers for fun. I think that he's up to uh, seven on the year, if I'm remembering that correctly. Um, he is. Leads the team second. or does Well, how many does Brian Anderson have now? I don't know if this is <laughs> these stats have updated just yet. Brian uh, Anderson hit a pair, to, pair today as one of the only bright spots. But, yeah, uh, Rowdy Telez locked in. Uh, I think something that's, if you look at the stats and you'll see that water's finding its level in terms of the producers on this team, the, the three players that lead in OPS right now are three of the veterans, Brian Anderson, Rowdy Telez, and Willie Adamas and, uh, uh, Rowdy locking in to form, uh, lowering his chase rate, I think was something that was talked about on, uh, on Twitter from Adam McCalvey and, uh, now tapping into that power that we know he can bring. Yeah, those stats you're looking at, I believe, are up to the ABA. is second with five homers now for the season. Uh, he is the RBI leader just ahead of Rowdy. He's got 18 to Rowdy, 17. And yeah, as you said, I mean, from Willie with his 840 OPS up to Rowdy, 880. Brian Anderson, 897. That is good. Um, More of that. If we can get some more players into that kind of range, that'll be great. But it is just interesting generally how I guess water is finding its level. We're getting Rowdy and Willie into the kind of positions they were throughout last year. And I guess maybe Brian Anderson is going to be this year's Hunter Renfro where he's going to deliver some home runs. And he's got an absolute cannon of an arm. Um, I think he so far certainly has been a lot better and maybe a better fifth for the Brewers in a whole variety of ways. Um, but 
early in the year, but I wonder, are we just going to see those three kind of move off into their own territory in terms of homers, in terms of RBI, and it will mirror somewhat what we got last year where it was Renfro instead of Brian Anderson with Willie and Rowdy. Yeah, and uh, one thing to mention about Willie, uh, I obviously failed to keep the window open that mentions uh, Rowdy's uh, chase rate stats this year, but one thing that's Willie doing, Willie's doing really well this year is being patient and taking the walks as they come uh, going into this game. So not, I, I don't think it's been updated for this is his walk rates up from 14 to 14% from 7.9% and his strikeout rate is down to 21.5% from 26.9%. So Willie's just being more patient and there's still been those displays of power. He's hit four home runs, but he's also got a 376 OBP or at least he did coming into 371, um, 371 is the update. Yeah, so dropped a little bit today. So, um, yeah, 371 OBP. If that kind of patience can continue, that just brings Willie closer to the player what that he was during the second half of the 2021 season, and that would be huge for this Brewers team. Um, so yeah, Brian Anderson, Rowdy Telez, Willie Damas, um, starting to really find some of that consistency and be the the really consistent offensive forces on this team. All right, Adam, we have to talk about the series finale on Sunday. Um, you know, we were all in various mental states uh, due to other sporting events and just, you know, life. And uh, then this baseball game came along and uh, reminds us to that uh, life is pain. Uh, Corbin Burns on the mound against Brian Bayo. Uh, Burns, not as sharpest early on, fighting command of several different pitchers, especially the cutter. Um Masataka Yoshida hits a sacrifice fly in the first inning to score Alex Verdugo. First inning was a little bit unlucky for Corbin Burns. Verdugo reached uh, by just barely getting a piece of a really good changeup. I think that was the pitch and beats out an infield single. That was the type of soft contact you want to induce. It just didn't go his way. Burns answers with a strikeout of Rafael Devers and then Justin Turner singles to right field. Blake Perkins, uh, struggles to come up with the ball, which allows Alex Verdugo to make it to third, leading to that sacrifice fly from Yoshida. To Perkins' credit, he made a very good throw um, to try and get um, Verdugo out at the plate. It looks like he just got his hand on the corner of home plate before Victor Caratini's uh, glove tagged him. They did not review it, so it seemed to be the right call. In the second inning, Corbin Burns still fighting his command. Uh, issues a bases-loaded walk to Alex Verdugo, which would score Tristan Casas. Uh, Raviel Devers, um, then I, I believe this was um, uh, a sacrifice fly again, but then on the the relay throw home, Rowdy Telez cut it off, and they got Connor Wong caught in a rundown for the third out. It's 3 nothing Boston after the second inning. Uh, Brian Anderson, the aforementioned Brian Anderson, who's playing very well lately, would bring the Brewers back into this game with a home run to right field, makes it 3-1 in the fourth. In the fifth, the Brewers would even things up a Christian Yelich single to right field, scores Joey Weimer after Weimer reached on a, a double of his own and then was bunted over uh, to third base by Blake Perkins. Willie Adamas, after going uh, down to two strikes, uh, stays in the bat, hits a sacrifice fly to center field to score Christian Yelich. It's 3-3 after the fifth. After the tough two uh, first inning, the first inning and the second inning, Corbin Burns locked in five innings pitch, five hits, three runs, two of them were earned, uh, three walks, five strikeouts. Again, not his sharpest, other than um, 
that dominant start against Arizona, I think it was. Um, Burns has not looked his best four five five ERA um, through his first uh, few starts this year. Obviously had the issue with the left pectoral in the, the Seattle game, but um, fought through it today to at least give the Brewers a chance to win, but definitely not his best. Yeah, definitely not his best. I don't know. I can't talk about Corbin in context unless you keep going. So you maybe you want to okay, buy yourself I didn't some know, time. I didn't know. If just you just me keep, keep on rolling. going. No, we got to roll through this, and then then I guess everyone's performance comes into it, and I'll talk about it then. But yeah, and I can't I can't stop there. I can't talk about the game up until that point without being able to talk freely about what happens after that point. That's fair. I will keep this train rolling. That's what I'm good for, Adam. Uh, in the top of the sixth inning, relieving Corbin Burns is Elvis Paguero, um, so making his Brewers debut. And he's been up for like a week now, or at least a few days, so it took a while. Uh, strikes out Kike Hernandez, gets uh, Tristan Casas to fly out to right, and then strikes out Jaron Duran for a perfect first inning of work for Paguero. Um, in the top of the seventh, Paguero would stay on. Uh, he gets a Connor Wong ground out. Uh, then Yu Chang singled. Uh, Paguero then removed from the game for Hobie Milner, who's working his third day in a row. Uh, hits Alex Verdugo with a pitch in the first at bat, then induces a ground ball double play uh, to get out of the inning. Rafael Devers, uh, I think a night after striking him out to help get out of a jam, he gets the big double play there. Um, then in the seventh inning with the score tied 4-3, to three, Joey Weimer would score on a Caleb Ort wild pitch. The Brewers go up 4-3. to three. And then we go to the top of the eighth inning, Adam. Uh, Matt Bush on the mound. And this game would go into territory that's only usually seen in an Ari Aster movie. Um, I think it's safe to say. I felt so like... So these balls are going beyond the Toyota territory even, or, or they would have if we if we gave too many more opportunities. Yeah. Uh, eighth inning, Matt Bush on the mound. Justin Turner hits a homer to left center. Masataka Yoshida homers to right center. Uh, it's five to four Brewers from that st- at that point in the game. I have to pull up the full play by play, not just you know. Typical they were his second, wins. second and third pitches, right? Uh, yeah, and it was the first two batters that he faced. Uh, Kike Hernandez would follow that with a double to to right field. Uh, Christian Casas. Then lines out to right field to get Kiko Hernandez to third. Matt Bush then walks Jaron Duran, and on comes Javi Guerra. The score is 5-4 to four Boston at that point. Uh, Matt Bush, after back-to-back two really good outings, reverts back to the unreliable form that we have tended to associate with his Brewers tenure. It would get worse from there. Do you have any comments yet, Adam, or should I just keep going through it? Oh, just go, go, go on, finish it. Let let the rooms right. float in. All right, Javi Guerra on the mound for the Brewers. Jaron Duran still second. Then a Connor Wan single scores both Kike Hernandez and Jaron Duran. It's seven four Boston at that point. Uh, Yu Chang singles, which uh, puts runners on the corners. Uh, Yu Chang then steals second. Alex Verdugo flies out the center. Somehow a run doesn't score. Uh, Rafael Devers is intentionally walked. Scores seven four at this point. I'll keep reiterating that. Uh, a bases loaded walk to Justin Turner scores Connor Wong. It's eight four Brewers at that or eight four Boston at that point. Then Masataka Yoshida hits his second home run of the inning. This time it's a grand slam, twelve to four. Boston, Kike Hernandez then fouls out to the catcher. 
to end this painful, painful inning. Nine runs on six hits. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've seen enough. I've seen too much, one could say. That Matt Bush is not it. He's not it. The warning signs, I don't even know if we could even call them the warning signs, have been there. Um, This is truly catastrophic. It's the kind of thing I think we've been fearing. It's the kind of thing that increasingly every time he comes in the game, you're like, yeah, this could happen. You were joking about it, but also not joking about it right before he came in. And even with that, I don't think you're anticipating this. Like, this is just truly, truly spectacular. And I guess part of why I didn't want to comment on Corbin or anything else, it just, I feel like the Brewers put together seven really great innings of like what they've been this season, which is everyone's just out there grinding. They're working their asses off and they're finding ways to play winning baseball. Like, Corbin did not have it today. Ground it out. Got you five innings in the end. Only a couple of earned runs. Fine. You're you're right where you need to be. You know, they weren't out of the game. It felt not great. Okay, you're down 3-0, through 2 Not where you want to be. It wasn't a day where the Brewers' offense was, like, very obviously just kind of popping off, where you're like, oh, this is nothing to worry about. But you work your way back. You get to 3-3. Tree, tree. Great. This is all going so well. You come out of the seventh, you've got a lead. And you're just like, you know what? This team is really, they've got to figure it out. And they do. Like, for a large part, they do. There's something really, really good going here. And it's for that reason that I'm going to, I've taken some deep breaths and I'm not going to be as angry as I was when it happened. I'm still personally grappling with just what it feels like to, to watch one like, because you've a combination of just, I feel really bad. I feel really bad for Matt Bush because that has got to be a terrible feeling. Got to be an absolutely terrible feeling to go out there with a lead and to just crumble into a million tiny pieces immediately. And for all your teammates who've just been, you know, they spent the last two hours, the last two hours working really hard to put themselves in position to win. And you're like, whoa, not only am I going to take that away from you, I am going to put you in such a deep hole that you're going to have to trudge through a couple of innings of pain here just before we can finish up. Like, that is brutal. That is a brutal spot for him to be in. But it is also something that for his teammates, for Brewers fans, it is soul-destroying. It is crushing. It's such a, such a painful thing. And honestly, like, based on what we saw late last year, it's not like this was a bolt from the blue where we're like, what? This can happen to Matt Bush? No, we knew from what he did last year that this was in play. Um, We've seen it in glimpses. We didn't quite get, like, the full fireworks we got on this occasion. It's just we've talked about it on the pod before. We've talked about it privately. He should not have been put in this position today. Um, I feel a little sorry for Javi Guerra. Although he also played his part. I just wonder if things were reversed. Uh, another guy who also hadn't pitched in a week, which felt weird considering where things are, that um, 
just between him and Elvis Pagrero, you've got a week of those two relievers not pitching. But, oh. Matt Bush cannot go out in the eight anymore. Can he go out in the seventh? Could he go out in the sixth? Could he go out in the ninth when you've got a four, five run lead? I don't know. I don't think so. So at that point, time to say goodbye. I like. I, I don't think they're going to necessarily do that right away, but I, I think the cost of playing the waiting game is probably going to be another game like this which I just, it's so painful and unnecessary for the rest of the team. Like, what are the vibes like? You play 162 games, so I'm sure it gets easier to brush one game off here or there. But to be be 4-3 up, true seven innings, to go back to the dugout, Nine run inning, Andrew. Nine run inning. Just uh, as bad, as grim as it gets. And it's kind of what we've come to expect. Because there are levels to this. Like we talk about when uh, Devin Williams comes into a game that we expect some chaos, we expect some stress. It's not this. We've uh, we've talked about um, when Eric Lauer starts, you're like, yeah, he's good for a homer. Maybe good for two homers. They're usually single shots. You live with them. We go back to last year, particularly late in the year. This is what we were feeling like Brad Boxberger was approaching. Wasn't necessarily always being exactly this. I just think with how the bullpen is constructed, this is your most experienced guy. This is someone who was supposed to be locked into high leverage situations and now i couldn't think of a place i'd you know is there a guy in the roster i'd want to have less than high leverage situations right now honestly i'd i'd listen to the conversation you can make a case for anyone else i'd like yeah put them out there over bush yeah i don't think i have much more to say that inning spoke for itself and like at a certain point uh, you have to ask yourself or you don't have to ask yourself but the the inconsistency makes the flashes like the last two games of the Mar- the Mariner series just like you can't you can't live like that because like seven and two-thirds innings uh four homers and six walks that not not in the eighth inning not in any inning uh I think I saw speculated from some of the beat writers that uh, Peter Strauss, like he was not available today after going in the inning in a third yesterday. Obviously, he has not really been missing bats this year, but he's been inducing some uh, obviously quick outs with his his new sinker that he's been throwing. Again, I'll shout out people that are smarter than me, Brew Crew, crew Ball, Jack Stern again, who does a lot of uh, good stuff about pitch uh, types that uh, the pitching lab seems to to churn out every year. Uh, so Strauss, new new sinker. Uh, maybe kind of limiting what he's been doing with the strikeout, not getting as many strikeouts on his slider, but he's getting outs and he's thrown 10 innings this year and he's only allowed one earned run. That's a 0.90 ERA. I think he's probably the guy that we see in the eight moving forward. And obviously he 
if he was unavailable tonight, that speaks to why he wasn't there. But I think going forward, it's 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 got to be him. Or when Gus Varlon gets back, you give him a chance. Maybe as he works back into full health in middle innings, maybe you see if he can be a high leverage option. Paguero looked great today. Um, but yeah, it, it's you, you got to change it up. And I I think there's there's no reason not to at this point. This season's gone so well. You're 15 and seven. This is not something that has to derail your season by any means. But part of going through a 162-game baseball season is figuring out a bullpen mix that works for you. And knowing when to pull the ripcord when something's not working is uh, pretty important. And I think we'll see that they've gotten to that point. I feel pretty confident. I, I think an extra element to that is like this particular bullpen how it was constructed makes for such a tightrope. We've talked this so often. I think it matters even just having one guy where you're like, oh, he doesn't have it anymore and that's not going to work. Because, for example, these are not, you're not dealing with top tier, ultra experienced kind of star relievers. That's not the makeup of your bullpen. So if you want to put Javi Guerra in a position to succeed, you're not helping him if he's coming in to try and clean up the mess that Matt Bush has made and he's inheriting his runners. And then it just spirals and spirals from there. And I think, look, I'm not, I'm not using Javi Guerra as like just kind of some innocent bystander. Like, I don't know. He may not be good. He may not be good. I'm not. I'm very much kind of in wait and see mode on Javi Guerra. But I think he is representative of a lot of the guys in this bullpen. Where it's like, yeah, that could have been anyone. Like. If Gus Varland was available, that could have been Gus Varland coming in and inheriting runners, and it could have gone really bad for him. And it's like, what's the knock-on effect of that? So I think the the kind of the bullpen ecosystem is uh, very delicate for the Brewers this year, and you've got to make some really important decisions around that. I I shared this with you. Adam McAlvey tweeted that Hobie Miller is pitching for the twelfth time in the Brewers' first twenty-two games, on pace for eighty-eight appearances. Appearances. The club record is 83 appearances. Sorry, I can't speak. Set by Ken Sanders in 1971 and matched by Alex Claudio in 2019. Um, That concerns me, as does what you're saying about Strez, because I really like both of those guys and they've earned the trust at this point. And yeah, like, I don't know if you've had a week off and you're going into a game, if it was opening day, and your starter gives you six innings, and then you want to seven, eight, and ninth. Right now, I'm going probably Hobie seven, Strez eight, and Devin nine. But today is a good example of where just the season is not going to treat it like that. So it's even saying, you know, the eight is Strez's now. There are going to be plenty of days where they need someone in the eight, and Strez is not available. And that comes down to we don't have to go super deep on this, but I will ask you the question. Who are the relievers on the roster that you like? You can give two thumbs up to that you trust right now. We can we can yeah. have three categories. We can have a question mark category, and we can have a no. For me, the two thumbs up I trust those guys is the tree we just mentioned. It's Hobie, Strzelecki, and Devin, and that's kind of it. Yeah, I think I'm getting to the point where I trust Bryce Wilson. That's um, fair. That's fair. He's probably right I, at the top of the question mark category for me. I would put him. 
and Piamps in the question mark category. And obviously Elvis Paguero is probably going to be immune from this conversation because we've seen him throw one in the third innings. Sure. Uh, the, the, the crazy thing is, obviously, that article really early in the season came out um, in The Athletic about uh, how the Brewers had, to that point, been one of the best bullpens in baseball, but there was some smoke and mirrors element mm-hmm. to it, and there were some peripheral stats that were pointing towards some degree of regression. That regression has chosen to come all in one fail swoop, it seems, but is there more on the horizon? That's what we don't know, and uh, I think obviously we talked about this at the beginning of the season when we were mapping out the opening day roster that um, some guys in, in Nashville that aren't on this opening day roster will factor into the bullpen at a certain point in the season. Obviously, at some point, Hobie Milner will not be the only lefty on this roster when Justin Wilson gets healthy, if and when he gets healthy. Um, Tyson Miller, I think he gave up a couple runs today, but it's been uh, good at Nashville. He's got starting capabilities and could be in the bullpen. Admiral Rebe at Biloxi. Cam Robinson, I think, has had a tough start of the season in Nashville. Um, but the bullpen having as much success as it had up until – you know, a few certain points, especially in in this series. Uh, one stat that they mentioned on the broadcast was this is this was the first game of the season where the Brewers scored at least four runs and didn't win. I did not go and double check that, but it, feel, it feels real. Uh, they were five and zero in one run games coming into this, so the bullpen's been working those tight margins and getting out of those situations. But is it sustainable with the way it's been happening? I don't know. And I think this this tough performance is a good opportunity to try other guys in high leverage spots and see who you trust. Because, you know, you can say you can't afford to do that. But with what we mentioned, like the only guy that we know is top tier elite relief pitcher at this point in their career in that bullpen is Devin Williams. And the rest of it, you're just going to have to patchwork together, give guys opportunities to, to succeed, give guys opportunity to fail and see what shakes out. So it's been a honeymoon period for the bullpen up until this point because they've been performing so well. And now, uh, like, the the rest of the season is peaking around the corner. And you have to go down that road and see where it leads you. Yeah, I, look, I think there are options within the system. And the Brewers set themselves up for that. As we alluded to up top, I think injuries haven't helped them out because they would have had some real kind of high pedigree guys, potential starters. Like we don't, we don't know what way everything would have worked out. If everyone was healthy, we were having the discussion. I think it would have worked out with Miley as a starter and Hauser in the bullpen. But again, the fact that you've got two guys with meaningful numbers of career starts under their belt, one of them would have been in the bullpen again, what exactly Ashby's role would have looked like and how that would have played out. Maybe there are things that can come into uh, come into the equation for the Brewers as the season goes on. But beyond that, if you're taking flyers, don't be afraid to cycle through. I mean, that's you have taught me, Andrew, that that is how bullpens work in Major League Baseball. Um, you are going to get burned by some of these guys, and the only way to respond is to <laughs> burn up the contract and move on, get someone else, and. I think we've probably reached our first case of that this season. I will say I don't expect the Brewers to do that. I really don't um, because they've bought in on Matt Bush going back to 
that crucial juncture last season where it seems like so many, so many bad decisions um, may have been made. Maybe some good ones. I don't know. I'm not looking to set certain listeners off again on a long running debates. I think I think we'll see more bad from Matt Bush before they do what I think is just going to be a matter of time here this season. Yeah, my reason for pessimism on him turning it around and one of my reasons that I think they might be a little quicker than we would anticipate is he's 37 years old and coming up on like four and a half years from Tommy John surgery and a few years removed from that first surgery, the risk for diminished performance and then another injury and another surgery. Um, Wikipedia in 2015 said that the average time was like between four and five years. And if it, if there's anything I know, it's that I trust Wikipedia with my, uh, with my life. Uh, is age uh, a factor in Bush losing velocity? And obviously, we we never saw his command really be consistent last year, and th- command is the problem be... too. His velocity is still fine; it's just he doesn't know where it's going. Yeah, um, yeah. I th- I think they'll make a decision sooner rather than later, but we'll see. Maybe they won't. Um, yeah, the rest of that game didn't done. play done. out any like, better. <laughs> ba got ba got another homer, which was yeah. good for him. Um, and, and and that was about it. And just lost, I, uh... I mean, another homer just to prove that you know, if, if if the whole thing wasn't just completely thrown away, you know, if it was just limited to the two, the back to back home runs, the Brewers could still have gone and won that game. Um, but it was the damage beyond that. That's what. That's what really. Killed them or finish them off. They could have recovered a five four. I believed still. I was like, okay, let's get him out of there as soon as possible. He stayed in for quite some time longer as council gave Javi Guerra a chance to warm up. Like maybe it's just you know when Matt Bush goes in, you've got to get the bullpen moving immediately. <laughs> like maybe that's just got to be how it is in the future. I don't know. Let's move on. Let's talk about the Master Brewer leaderboard and the players who deserve beers for their, their performance this week. Yeah. I'm not panicking. We're talking about a fifteen seven a fifteen and seven baseball team, although they are a second place fifteen and seven baseball team because the Pittsburgh Pirates are sixteen and seven. What is going on there? I it's so weird that we also don't see the Pirates until like mid June. Um so I really Good. feel like <laughs> I feel like we're missing out on something there. But yeah, I, I particularly with the O'Neill Cruz injury, I, I'm more and more baffled by the Pirates' success every day. Did the Brewers need to keep Andrew McCutcheon? Is that what I should take from this? Um, nothing makes did, sense. Did Andrew McCutcheon really just you know need his own bed? You know, Bro- McCutcheon's been great for the Pirates. Rocking an 888 OPS with four homers. Brian uh, Reynolds has five homers, uh, an 872 OPS. You know, uh, contract, negotiation, drama, trade rumors, but he's not letting it affect him. He's just going out there, getting the job done. Mitch Keller's got a 364 ERA. Vince Velasquez has a 376 ERA. 
Rich Hill has not been good, but he's thrown 26 innings. Uh, David Bednar, shutdown reliever. I don't know, man. Weird things are happening in Pittsburgh. Will it continue? I don't know. But let's move on to the Master Brewer leaderboard. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Brian Anderson, three for nine, three walks, two homers, two runs, three RBI. Uh, continues to be just the best value signing of the offseason in MLB. He's been great defensively at two positions as well. Rowdy Tellez, two for 10, two walks. Both of the hits were homers, two runs, three RBI. Willie Adamas, four for 10, one walk, a double, a run, an RBI. Uh, a sack fly for that RBI. Christian Yelich, four for 12, a walk, a double, three runs, three RBI. Joey Weimer, who had a really nice final day of the season or series, an infield hit, uh, a double, a walk. Three for ten, one walk, a double, two runs in the series. Hobie Milner, two and a third innings pitch, two hits, the two runs that he allowed as the inherited runners, but he bounced back to strain runners in his next two appearances on Saturday and Sunday, and he had two strikeouts. Elvis Paguero, Brewers debut, one and a third innings pitch, one hit, no runs, two strikeouts. Peter Strzelecki, one and a third innings pitch, one hit, no runs. Devin Williams, one inning pitched, one hit, no runs, and uh, nails down the save. Next up, the Brewers play the Tigers, but before we look ahead to that, the leaderboard through 22 games. Brian Anderson leads the way with six. Devin Williams, Willie Adamas, Peter Strzelecki, Garrett Mitchell, and Bryce Wilson with five. Hobie Milner and Christian Yelch with four. Rowdy Tellez, Joey Weimer, Eric Lauer, Yoel Piams, Wade Miley, Bryce Terang, William Contreras with three. Jesse Winker, Freddie Peralta, Brandon Woodruff, Gus Farland, Corbin Burns, Javier Guerra with two. Elvis Paguero, Victor Caratini, Colin Ray, Luke Voigt, and Mike Brasso with one beer. Um, yeah, that, uh, brings us to a series against the Detroit Tigers, uh, this week, another home series on this homestand that will end the following Sunday, a week from today against Los Angeles Angels in a showdown with Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. Monday, April 24th, a 640 central start Colin Ray versus Matt Boyd. Tuesday, April 25th, a 640 central start Eric Lauer versus Spencer Turnbull. And then Wednesday, April 26th, a 12:40 Central start, Freddie Peralta versus Michael Lorenzen. Off day on Thursday before that Angels series. Uh, so the Brewers have the opportunity to bounce back from this series loss, only their second of the season. Uh, the Tigers are 7-13 and with a minus 42 run differential to start the year. So they've lost four in a row uh, as of recording. Lost to the Orioles in 10 innings today. Uh, take advantage of the bad team. And uh, write yourself and just glide on into the off day and, you know, maybe go fishing. I don't know. Something. Whatever you like to do as a hobby. Let's get those brooms out again, Andrew. Um, the kind of game that or the kind of series is going to be interesting just as a point of comparison. With We know this team struggled against bad teams last year. That's honestly what cost them. By the time the end of the season came around, they missed out on the playoffs. So you've done pretty well against, you know, Good to very good teams to start the year. Here's a bad one at home. Let's take care of business, Brewers. Let's put that nine run, eight inning out of all of our minds. Uh, you know, maybe let's let's have some nine run, eight innings of our own. Who could say? That would be fun. But yeah, that's I'm going to be greedy with this series. Must must win. Not that if they don't win, anything happens. But just lay down that you are the serious team you set yourself out to beat to start the season. And if you can go and get all three, all the better. Put yourself in a good position before the stars of, you know, we've got Shoya Tani, we've got Mike Trout, 
Seems like seems like I I don't where where are the Angels before the Brewers? Are they somewhere where a game could be rained out and a Otani start could get pushed back again? Or let me take a quick look for you, Adam. They uh the Angels are eleven and eleven on the season, which you know tracks for pretty much everything that they've been in the Mike Trout era. They have oh, they're in four Oakland. in Oakland, and then they're gonna take a long actually not a long trip it would be a long trip if they were coming to north carolina not not quite as long to milwaukee uh so yeah four in oakland against a fake baseball team so they'll get used to playing a fake team and then they'll have to uh play a real team um and i think uh, the brewers will will meet them and uh take some wins i forgot to mention adam as i was uh going through the season long leaderboard for uh the master brewer leaderboard matt bush has won on the season i did i forget him for a reason who's to say Who's to say that I, I forgot uh, him for a reason? Yeah, well, I guess we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Is that going to be the only beer he gets this season? Um, Right now, if you, you know, if you put me under the thumb on it, yes. Yes, I would say it will be. But we'll find out. All right, make sure you never miss an episode. You're going to want us here. Want, you're going to want to hear us talk about a great brewery series against the Tigers, I hope. Um, so make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You should also check out the rest of the Eurostep Podcast Network shows. GSPN.info gets you the details on all of them on the main feed, Eurostep Podcast Network. You've got the Eurostep and you've got Win in Six covering all things books. Let's hope that one turns around. Um, things are tough. We're covering all of it. Let's hope Giannis's back feels better. And the Bucks can get out of a pretty hairy spot in the first round. And a normal service can resume. You know, dreams can be big again. Talking to Tundra for all things Green Bay Packers. Yes, the Packers are still working some stuff out. New reports emerging today. I saw the draft is almost upon us. So lots of things going on in Packerland. Jordan, Numac, they've got you covered on Talk to Tundra. And make time for this the home for all things pop culture, where Andrew and I talk about movies and everything else. Until next time, thanks again to all of you for listening. Thank you, Andrew. Thanks, Adam. <laughs>